The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Psych Up Live with your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. If you're experiencing life, and we know you are, you may have a variety of questions about relationships, family issues, personal goals, coping with the unexpected, and much more. Today, you will hear some answers from a psychological perspective, and you may just take away something that fits. Here is Dr. Suzanne Phillips. Welcome, I'm your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips, and on this show, we'll be turning up the psychological perspective on many life issues. To do this, I want to include you in the conversation. This is Psych Up Live. I welcome you to listen in and call in with questions, comments to today's show at 1-866-472-5788. Regardless of age, culture, gender, race, or nationality, there's one barrier to happiness that many of us share. We worry. We worry about things that have happened in the past, and we worry about things we fear will happen in the future. Over the years, many spouses have said to me, you know, she's not happy unless she finds something to worry about. You know, that may or may not be true, but what is true is that if you're worrying about the past or the future, you are missing the present moments in your life. How do we stop? Well, we all know that being told, relax, don't worry, is rarely helpful. What does help are a number of strategies you're going to learn today from our guest and expert, Bruce Van Horn. Bruce Van Horn is the author of Worry No More, Four Steps to Stop Worrying and Start Living. Bruce is a dad, best-selling author, speaker, transformational life coach, leadership coach, marathon runner, and cancer conqueror. He's the host of Life is a Marathon, a popular internet radio show with listeners in over 190 countries. He loves sharing his life experiences as well as drawing from the respected insight of experts. His goal, to help us develop a winning mindset. Bruce opens his terrific book, Worry No More, with a quote by Luke, Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Let's hear from him. Bruce Van Horn, it's my pleasure to welcome you to Psych Up Live. Oh, Suzanne, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. Now, you know, Bruce, they say it takes one to know one, and you do describe yourself as a recovered worrier. What is worry, and you know, what I, do we do with it? Well, I think, I think you described it really well in, in your introduction. Worry is, I mean, really what it is, is worry is a thought pattern. You know, we are telling ourselves a story. And, and in the book, I actually get a little bit more um, descriptive than that. I, I say that we are 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 
using our minds to create the movie of our lives. We are, we are creating the cast of characters. We're creating the scripts that they say. We are creating the scenery, the setting. And it's our interpretation of that that is, is how we experience reality. Um, but worry is when we are creating that movie to produce a scene that's coming up in the future that is harmful to us or in which we are a victim or in which something painful is going to happen or things aren't going to bring great pleasure to our lives. But that, that in a nutshell, is what worry is. We are, we are using our minds to tell ourselves a story about what is going to happen in the future. And mm-hmm. rather than telling a story of victory or of everything working out beautifully and us riding off into the sunset, it's usually a story of regret or shame or pain or disappointment or some type of harmful event. Mm. And one of the things that you you make very clear, and I couldn't agree more, is the fact that if you stay focused on the negative expectations as opposed to the positive you end up with more negativity in your life. Absolutely. We get more of in life what we focus on. It's, it's just a, a, a fact. You, you can't really um, not do it. We become really good at that which we do the most. You know, so my, my boys are 19 and 13, and they play uh, you know, game systems, so Xbox and PS4, and they play it so often that it just comes second nature to them. And so when they say, dad, sit down and play a game with me, I have to get them to teach me how to hold the controller and what (laughs) buttons. And it's, I could learn how to do it, but they, it's natural for them because they do it so often. And the same is true with our thought processes. So like when you, you said, you know, a, a husband will say about his wife, you know, she, worry is who she is. It's all she ever does. And she, you know, she couldn't live if she didn't have something to worry about. It's, it's become part of her behavioral mechanism because her, you know, she's created those neuro pathways in her mind that that is her mode of thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, very often people will read it and you say, so if she continues to worry, there's a very good chance she's going to see the glass half empty. And in fact, I don't think it's simplistic thinking when people say um, you're not going to have as happy a life. And when you because you, if you really look closely at negative thinking, you start to see how it affects your behavior. So if Absolutely. I right, so if I predict things are not going to go well, or I assume the worst about my partner, that means I'm going to maybe be less affectionate. I might take less risks at work. I probably right. won't. I won't talk to the new person at work. And as a result, negative things are going to unfold from that. Exactly. I, I use the, the phrase later on in the book um, that we are human beings are hope shaped creatures, mm-hmm. meaning our hope, our hope or belief about what our future is going to be like directly impacts the behavior, the actions, the decisions that we will or will not take today. And so I, I use the metaphor of Suzanne, I want to invite you to a party at my house. And so you went to the mailbox, you opened up a, a mail, you know, the, I'm assuming that we sent real mail this time and not just email, but right. there's, there's an address, there's a date and a time, but that's all, you know, so you might be, you get to tell yourself a story now because I haven't told you what kind of party this is. 
You don't know, is this a birthday party, a costume party, or whatever. You don't know who's going to be there, what kind of food will be served. You don't know what to dress. And so you get to tell yourself a story. If you tell yourself a story that says, you know what, I've heard about Bruce, he's really kind of boring, and, you know, so he's probably not going to have very exciting people there, and... You know, so if you don't think that the party is going to be something that you're super excited about, what kind of energy are you going to have today? Are you going to talk to your friends about it? Are you going to say to your, to your next door neighbor or your coworker, hey, I just got excited, invited to a party at Bruce's house? No. You know, what happens if you get a cold or something, you know, or one of the kids gets sick? You're probably just going to call and cancel anyway because you didn't want to go, you know, and so... The, the, even the afternoon of the party, are you going to pick out what clothes to wear? Are you going to take a shower and get smelling your best, put your best hair on? You know, but if you think that this is going to be the most amazing party that you've ever been to in your life, you're going to tell your friends about it. You are going to have an energy that carries you throughout the week. You're going to, um, you're, if, if you get a cold, you're going to do everything that you can to get healthy right away. You're going to line up not just one babysitter, but you're going to line up backup babysitters <laughs> right. in case a babysitter gets sick because you've got this mindset that says there is nothing that's going to stop me from going to Bruce's party because right. there are going to be people there. I've wanted to meet all of my life. This is going to be the opportunity of a lifetime. Now, if that's the party that you're thinking your life is, then it directly impacts the behavior that you have today. Yes, yes, and, and it builds and broadens from there. Now, I, I know we, we spoke a little bit about this when we spoke earlier, but so there are fo- some folks who say to me, I used to be a positive person. I used to assume the best, and mm-hmm. then the unthinkable happened in my life. I, sure. I, lost, I lost my spouse. I lost a child. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I lost a um, son, a military, uh, uh, I, I lost a son who came back from the war, and um, then he was in a car accident. And so when people tell me this, they'll say, why would I think good things would happen when the unthinkable bad thing has happened? What do mm-hmm. we say to that person who now worries about everyone else in the family and that life is more dangerous? The worldview is well, different. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I certainly would would empathize with them because I, I am a person who has lost a child. My daughter passed away 16 years ago and, you know, I have, I've, I'm divorced. I've had stage four cancer. I've filed bankruptcy twice. And so I have had all myriad, a myriad of, of bad things that happened to me. And I was of that mindset, but you, you get to think, you know, and that's really what, um, what is shocking to a lot of people is that you are in control of your thoughts. You, in fact, you are 100% responsible for every thought that you think. No one can make you think something. It's all about your choices. And while the difficult things do happen in life, it doesn't mean that good things won't happen. Life comes and goes. And so what I try to, what, where I find peace is believing that every single piece of my life, every event that happens in my life, first of all, I get to make, it's not the event that produces the outcome. And so I talk about this formula called E plus R equals O. Most of us live in an event equals outcome situation. I got stuck in traffic, and so now I'm late for work, 
and I'm upset about that because of the traffic. Well, it wasn't the traffic. It was how you responded to the traffic that is now causing you to be upset. So it's your response to the event that produces the outcome. Now, for me, the way I choose to respond to the events is that right now, in this moment, I don't know what purpose this plays. But I trust, because I can look back over my 52 years of life and see how the things that I thought were tragedies were indeed painful at the time. I would never want anyone to experience some of the things that I've experienced before. Yet, I got through each one of those, and because of those, I am a different person, or it prepared me in some way to be the person that I am now. So why should this new tragedy that's happening to me be any different? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we, get, we get to tell ourselves that story. Yes, difficult things happen. People die. People get sick. Economies get, you know, go south or they get better or whatever. There are these ebbs and flows of life. But we're always in control of the story that we tell ourselves. And if we believe that, that it fits perfectly into the jigsaw puzzle of our life that ultimately creates this beautiful picture or this tapestry then we don't have to focus on the individual pieces or the individual thread. We just trust that there is purpose, that there is meaning, and that gives me hope. I might not understand it today, but I can understand my past in that light, and I can take that understanding and apply it to what I'm doing right now, and it helps me move through those situations with a better frame of mind. Mm. It's it's certainly... As you say, there are times when we're grieving, but there's nothing that says you will never laugh again. And the, right. you, I say to people very often, it's the quality of life if we let it happen that there will be tears and laughter on the same day. That's what makes us complicated and what makes exactly. life in- actually interesting. So let, let's be specific in terms of helping our listeners. So step one of the worry no more is changed, you say, watch a different movie, and you give some watch suggestions it. how we do it. Yeah, you know, and, and that is the reality of it, is that people say, oh, well, I just can't stop thinking about such and such. Right. You know, I, I just can't get this negative thought. And while there might be real psychiatric medical conditions, that you know, like OCD or whatever, where you have yes. these repetitive thoughts, and you might need some medication to help you do that. The overwhelming majority of us just have repetitive thought patterns, and we we use victim mode language. You know, I just can't stop thinking about that thing that I said the other day, and my girlfriend broke up with me, you know, or, or whatever. I can't stop thinking about this. And so I use an example of a, a woman who has, I, and I actually, this was one of my life coaching clients, and we were on a, a Skype video call. And she was, she had a, at that time, she had a two-year-old daughter who was born with cerebral palsy and she was now seven months pregnant. And she said, Bruce, I just can't stop thinking about, you know, what happens if my next baby has cerebral palsy and I can't stop thinking about what a difficult life my daughter is going to have because she's, she's never going to be accepted by her peers. She's never going to fall in love and have, get married and have kids because of this condition. I just can't stop this. 
And so I, I just, I had her take a deep breath and I was compassionate with her. And I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just be still for a minute. And I want, I want us to play a little game and I want us to, to just imagine something. And so let's put ourselves five years out into the future or three years out into the future. And your daughter, who's now two, she's now five or six years old and she is in kindergarten and you're on a field trip with their, their class and you're at a beautiful park and it's a lovely spring day and there's a nice warm breeze blowing. The sun is shining, but there's plenty of shade trees and you and the other moms are talking and you're laughing and you're watching the other kids play in the sandbox and on the swing set and you're, you're smiling as you see your daughter on the swing set and well, yes, yeah, she has some differences that make her move and look a little different than the other kids. All of the other kids are including her in their play and they're gently pushing her on the swing and she's laughing and kicking her feet up and her hair is blowing in the breeze. And you look down and at your feet in a, uh, a baby carrier is your brand new, you know, well now two-year-old who is perfectly healthy sound asleep with a baby bottle tucked up under his arm. And, and so mm-hmm. I was able to watch this woman's face and just the peace that comes over it. Mm-hmm. And I asked her to come back to reality. And I said, now, were you able to actually be there in that scene? And she said, oh, my gosh, you described a park that exists exactly you know, <laughs> less than a mile from where we live. And I pushed the kids in, or pushed my baby in the stroller down there. And I could actually smell the grass and the flowers and feel the breeze. And I said, well, just a second ago, you said, I can't stop thinking right. about these negative things. And I said, guess what you just did? Mm. You stopped thinking about those things. And in fact, you imagined a completely different scenario. All I did was give you a little push. You know, I I gently set the the swing set of your imagination in motion in a different direction. And you took it and visualized it in your mind. You can change your thoughts. You can stop thinking the negative things. You just have to intentionally practice doing that. Because you know, either outcome either outcome can happen, right? You don't know that your daughter's going to have a right, peaceful existence. Right. That's something you're imagining. You can imagine something more real, just as realistic, but more positive. So Bruce, it's such a precious story. And one of the things that you just said, I think is such a good we're going to have to take a break, launching point for people's visualizations, there's just as much chance that it's going to Mm -hmm. go the right way than the wrong way. So to invest in the visualization of the right way, you can't lose because you're less stressed, you're more energized, and why not carry the positive? Exactly. And, And I would say there's actually more of a chance because of that idea that our thoughts become things. And if we mm -hmm. visualize a positive outcome, our behaviors today will help us manifest that. Okay, we're going to take a brief break and come right back. Uh, You've been listening to Psych Up Live, and we're speaking today with Bruce Van Horn. He's the author of Worry No More, Four Steps to Stop Worrying and Start Living. Stay with us. 
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're talking with Bruce Van Horn. He's the author of Worry No More. He's also the radio host of Life is a Marathon. And Bruce, was we were looking at step one, which was to change your movie and to change your thinking. As Bruce said in his book, he, didn't, he had many problems, medical, divorce, bankruptcy, but he really said he had a thinking problem, and that's what we're trying to shift. Now, one of the most interesting things I found in Bruce's book was him mentioning that the average person has from 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. And get this, 75% of them are negative. That's right. We tend to focus on what we don't want to happen. I don't want to miss my plane. I don't want to end up in a job that I don't really like that much. I don't want to start dating someone. And then what if I don't like him? How will I break up? We do that. So here's where we're going to move into the second step that Bruce offers, which is Help yourself with the thinking problem by move to a different state. Bruce, what do we mean? Most of the things that you're worried about are probably the people in your life, and so I'm suggesting that you just pack up your bags and move to another state. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, that's not what I'm talking about. In fact, that usually will not <laughs> solve your problems. It may actually create more. What I'm talking about is physical state, um, something called state management. You know, I, 
one of the things that I love to do, and I get to do it fairly often because I'm a dad of two teenage boys, I love to go to public places where there are people, you know, be it a shopping mall, movie theaters, or whatever. And I love to watch people coming and going. And you do not have to be, you know, forensically trained by, you know, the by the government to, you know, be this, you know, super sensitive body posture interpreter to know what's going on in people's minds. Um, you could pretty quickly tell by the way somebody is walking, whether or not they're happy, sad, nervous, upset, angry, just by the way they hold and move their body. And so we know that our emotions directly impact how we physically feel within our bodies. But, you know, so sometimes when you're feeling worried about something, if you're having trouble, you know, I've I've explained that you can change your thought processes, but if you're finding that difficult to do, you can actually give yourself, your mood, a fighting chance by doing physical things to help your mood. And so some of the things that I, I talk about are, you know, if, if you will literally just hold a pencil between your teeth, now I'm not talking about biting down on it really hard, but if you will gently part your teeth, put a pencil between your lips, in order to hold that pencil there, your face is going to have to use the very same muscles in the same position as if you were smiling. Now, studies have shown that if you actually fake a smile for a few minutes, your mood will actually change. You'll become happier. Um, So what the pencil does is, I do this sometimes on my way to a meeting. While I'm driving, I'll actually just gently hold a pencil in my mouth while I'm driving. And (laughs) invariably, by the time I get to that meeting, I'm already in a good mood because I've been (laughs) smiling while I was driving. And so we, we can do these things to to help us, you know, give ourselves a little boost. And then it can give us an opportunity to rethink the thought process. And actually, I want our listeners to know I did try this. It does put your mouth into the position of a smile. And it's, I think it's amusing, but it's clever. It's also a point of reference, Bruce, for reminding ourselves that at what you're saying, where our body goes often our muscle tone and our thoughts follow. How many people, I, this, is, this has happened to me so often, when I'm completely exhausted at night and I think of the next day, I think to myself, I have no idea how I'm going to do it. And I remind mm-hmm. myself, you'll think about it tomorrow morning and see if it feels better. And it always does. But yeah. in that exhausted state, Bruce, Nothing feels possible. So sleeping right. at that point is a good one, is a good it is choice. A good one. Yeah. It, it is yeah. good. You know, and so watch your body posture if you're in a meeting or if you're sitting, you know, just having coffee with friends. And in fact, I use that as an example in my book. I was sitting having coffee with a dear friend of mine and there were no, you know, high, we were at, I don't know if it was a Starbucks or a Panera or wherever it was, but you know, normally there are these high, high tops that we would sit at, but there weren't any of those available. So we had to sit in these low couches, which normally would be a very comfortable thing, but because we were also, we were drinking coffee, we were setting our coffee on these low coffee tables in front of us which caused us to be leaning over with, with our shoulders hunched and slumped 
And so we were, we were in this sort of bunched up position on these low couches. And she and I normally have these very energetic, lively, fun conversations. And I noticed within a couple minutes of us doing this, our conversation was turning uncharacteristically negative for the Mm. two of us. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say a thing to her. I sat back. I picked up my cup of coffee. I sat back on the couch and I stretched out my arms and I put, you know, I held my coffee in one hand, but I put one hand over the back of the couch and I expanded my chest and I just sat that way for a minute. She uh, you know, subconsciously noticed what I did and did the same thing in her couch. Within a minute or two, our conversation turned right back around. We were laughing and having a wonderful, uplifting conversation. Mm, it's so interesting. The other thing, of course, that once you both felt more comfortable, one of the things you talk about that I so strongly underline is connecting with another person is a really good way to move to a different state. Yes, connecting with the right kind of person. You don't mm-hmm. want to yes, connect. Yes. You don't want to connect with your, you know, with your mother-in-law or or your aunt Sally, who is also a chronic worrier and pessimistic right, right. type, who who's just going to say, "Oh my gosh, you're right. Your your life is doomed. What are you going to do?" You know. So no. you don't want you don't want somebody who's going to you know continue the feeding frenzy. Right, right. Um, The other thing that sometimes people just cannot, I mentioned to you earlier, my experience working with people, they cannot, they say, I cannot, I cannot stop thinking about this. So we Mm -hmm. ask them to postpone it. So postpone it till eight o'clock that night. And you know what? Go for the run, go shopping, make stew. And it's interesting when you postpone it. The one thing you're firstly doing is taking charge of your thinking. And very often what you are describing, and that is a shift to a different body state by means of a different activity, results in a different thinking state. Move your body. Absolutely. There there is no no doubt that exercise is the most least used or prescribed antidepressant in the world. Um, I'm a marathon runner, and I just happen to, to think just partly because of my own, own experiences. Do we get a little cranky sometimes? But as a rule, I think that runners, people who run on a regular basis, whether it's just jogging through the neighborhood or people who just exercise on a regular basis, are happier people in general because you get those endorphins, you get those serotonins flowing through your brain, which are just natural mood lifters. And so if you're feeling down or you're sad or you're worried about something, postpone it, but get out and go for a walk. Practice mindfulness is another thing that I I talk about is just don't think about the future. Think about this present moment. Because really, in, in reality, this present moment is all that exists. Five minutes from now does not exist. Five minutes previous no longer exists except in the story that we tell ourselves about it. And so if you can get out and go for a walk and just, you know, so I, I describe, you know, walking and doing things like I'll just try to be super observant of cracks in the sidewalk or in the path, or I'll look at a particular leaf and just try to study it. Anything to focus my mind on some other object 
other than what it was I was worried about. Well, Elijah Goldstein has a good um, suggestion. He says, look at it from a beginner's point of view, like you've never, ever taken this walk around the block. And, of course, the other thing people love to do is walk their pets. And that's Mm -hmm. a real, that's a really, that's both the the benefit of the pet and you're both walking each other. Everybody feels better as a result of that. Now, this brings us to your step three, which is you say, give yourself the present. Now, tell us. Well, it, it, is, it is exactly that. There's a reason that we call it the present, um, because it is a gift. We, you know, and it's learning, to, it's, it's learning to live in the now. Do we need to be conscientious? Do we need to plan for our lives? Yes, absolutely. You know, we need to have goals. We have, need to have things that we are looking forward to in the future. But the only power that we ever have to change our lives is right now because nothing else exists other than right now. And so this, this idea of mindfulness of not thinking about the thing that may or may not happen in the future and, and concentrating on this present moment. And so it can be, we all know what a gift it is. So, you know, if you and I were having coffee together one of the things that I would give you, Suzanne, is the gift of me. Mm-hmm. I would be fully present for our conversation. I would more than likely either have my iPhone turned off in airplane mode, or I might have even left it in the car so that while you and I are sitting at that table, I am fully present to what you have to say. And you would receive that as a great gift. I can't tell you how many husbands or wives that I, I work with in my practice who say, well, you know, he's, he's always on the computer. He's always right. you know, looking at his iPhone and I'm trying to say something important. You know, he, he's only half listening to me. And so when we give, give that gift of being present, I do this with my boys. Uh, we go out on date nights and when I, when I take them out for dinner, we do whatever they want to do. I leave my phone in the car nice. and they love, they love that and, because, and they open up and tell me all kinds of things. Whereas if I'm checking my email or texts or social media, I'm only half listening. Now I don't demand that they do the same thing. You know, uh, uh, this is my gift to them. And if they want to spend our time together with them checking their iPhone or whatever, that's fine. Um, you know, but, they, they get to make that choice. But when they realize that I've set it down, they usually do too. Mm. Now, if that's such a gift to somebody that we love to be fully present for them, why, don't we, why do we find it so hard to be fully present for ourselves? Why do we find it so hard to not be constantly checking our, our messages, our emails, or, or whatever? Why do we have to... And so if you will give yourself this amazing gift of just being still and thinking, um, you know, just allowing your, your mind to, to entertain you, think something funny, um, or, or like I said, just study, study the cracks in your table or on the floor or, you know, the, the beauty of a flower is an amazingly powerful way to calm your mind. From 
what yeah, your you, worrisome thoughts were. Well, one thing, and I, I would read is when, when they do read your book and hear the story of your um, surgery and the and the difficulties that you faced. And mm-hmm. I think you give such a good example of one thing that really is somewhat of an antidote to worry is gratitude. And so mm-hmm. if you are grateful for things in your moment, I remember one very depressed person said, you know what gave me a lift today? I thought to myself, the crocus came up no matter how sad I am, meaning um, maybe there's a reason to believe things are going to get better. That is the focus, as you say, and the gratitude for um, what it is that you find in your moment is really an antidote to worrying about the future. Right. And, yeah, and so worry, worry is also always coming from a, a mindset of scarcity or lack. You know, you mm-hmm. don't have something or you're not going to get something, right. whether it's somebody's approval or love um, or, or the job or the money or whatever. And if we can shift our focus to an abundance mindset, which is centered on being grateful for what we have. And if you're struggling, you know, because I, I used to, to do this and I encounter people who say, well, I, I don't have anything to be thankful for. You know, I've, I'm, I'm sick. I lost my job. My, my spouse left me. You know, what have I got to be thankful for? And there's a lot. There, there's a lot. And I learned that um, two years ago in a very real lesson. I, I thought I was a fairly grateful person by this time in my life. But it was, it was kind of like my maker said, eh, you haven't even scratched the surface of gratitude and I'm about to show you something in a really powerful way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had, as, as I described, uh, um, I had stage four prostate cancer and the surgery for that did not go according to plan. Um, according to the doctor's plan, I trust that it went perfectly as, as far as the plan for Bruce's life. It was what I had to experience. Um, I lost over 70% of my blood on the operating table. They lost my pulse. And you know, we can use vocabulary like I nearly died on the operating table. Um, I don't think we nearly died. We either do or don't. And, you know, but, but we, we have to discuss these things. But the, I had major abdominal surgery, you know, 30 staples, uh, nine and a half inch incision from my belly button to my pubic bone. And one of the things that we go to hospitals for after major surgeries, they have these really amazing painkillers, drugs, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why we have surgery, so we can take these drugs. Um, but when you lose that much blood, guess what they can't give you? Yeah, they can't okay. give you any of the pain medicine. And so I had to do radical retropubic prostatectomy with no pain medication. And, and I, we're going to have to take a break, but tell us how yep. you got through that. Tell, take a I minute. Got through, yeah, I got through it literally one breath at a time. I was in so much pain that instead of, I knew that if I focused on the pain, it would only increase. So what I did was I shifted to focusing on my breathing. I would concentrate on taking a breath in. I hold for just a second or two and I would let it out. And I would say to myself, okay, you took a breath. You didn't die. 
let's do one more just like it. I would not string them together. I didn't count them. I, I treated each breath as a unique, unrepeatable miracle. Talk and about, that's how I got through it. Yeah, talk about being in the moment with gratitude. We're going to take a brief break. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're speaking to Bruce Van Horn. And as you hear, he has lived the steps that he suggests in his book, Worry No More, Four Steps to Stop Worrying. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We've been talking with Bruce Van Horn who's literally been giving us steps to move from worry to peace. And we're going to be talking about the fourth step. But before we do that, Bruce, I know you have so many things to offer listeners. Why don't you tell us how real listeners can reach you, the new course you'll be doing, your websites. Go right ahead. Oh, thank you for that opportunity. The uh, The easiest place to get in touch with me is at my website, brucevanhorn.com. That's sort of the hub of activity. And from there, you can follow me on all of the social media. I'm, I'm on Twitter, and Twitter has been very, very kind to me. I have almost a half a million followers there. Um, so Bruce Van Horn, that's V-A-N-H-O-R-N.com, is the easiest place to, to find me. And the other thing that I'm, I'm doing there is I've just started, in fact, I've just launched. It hasn't actually started until May 1st. 
a, a brand new course that has a lot to do with some of the things that we've been talking about, controlling our mind and our thought processes. I've created an eight-week online course called How to Create Your Dream Life. And most of us are not living the lives of our dreams because we're not dreaming anymore. We're not dreaming about what is possible. We've told ourselves that whatever we want in life is not possible. So I walk you through how to start dreaming again. And then not just, you know, dreaming for dreaming's sake, but how to actually take the steps to start living the life of your dreams. But that's, that's the best place to reach me is at brucevanhorn.com. And you can listen to my podcast where I talk about this type of stuff all the time. And that's at lifeisamarathon.com. But there are also links to that from brucevanhorn.com. Terrific. Okay, so let's go into the, the rest in peace, you call it. You talk about perspective mm. and purpose. It's a very punny chapter. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so rest in peace. So you're right. So this this chapter has four subsections that all start with the letter uh, P, and ultimately end in peace because that's what we we want. Um, so yeah. So it's all about perspective, and plan, and purpose, and perfection are the the P's that ultimately lead to the the last P, which is is peace. Bruce, maybe you can tell, let's talk about the difference between, I, I love the, the difference you, you see between the, a purpose in life and a plan. Yeah, you know, that's, that's really important. And, and as I said at the beginning of, of our conversation, that, you know, the, the pain or the difficulty that we're going through right now in this moment, we may not understand why we're going through this, but it helps us go through it. If we believe with the core of our being that it does fit into a plan for our lives, and you know, we can get theological or religious here, but, but I believe that it's very helpful to, to believe that our, our lives do indeed follow a plan. Now, here, here's the deal with a plan. A, a plan is a set of instructions that says, you know, we are going to do this, 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 and this in this order. And so I can look over my life and I can look at the events that have happened in my life and I can see how one experience that I had when I was young taught me a certain thing that led me to be able to do another certain thing, which led me to be able to do another thing. So I can, I can connect the dots and see that my life has followed a pattern or a plan. And that's, that's helpful in some way. But, you know, I can say to you, Suzanne, you know, you and I are going to go on a trip together. And here's where we're going to go. That's our ultimate destination. But we are going to, you know, we're going to leave our house at such and such a time. We're going to drive to the airport. We're going to catch this flight at this time, which is going to take us to that city where we will connect to another flight. And then we're going to get in a taxi cab and we're going to go to this hotel. And so I can lay out for you the plan of what it is that we're going to do. And that's helpful, right? Because you're going to want, you're going to, want to know, right. you know, what are we going to do? When are we going to do it? When I sat down with my surgeon, who was about to perform this very complicated surgery on my abdomen, he sat down with me and he explained the surgery plan. He told me exactly where he would cut, what he would be doing, when he would be doing it. So he, he laid out for me a plan. He actually laid out for me a recovery plan 
as well and a, and a pre-surgery plan. And all of that was helpful for me to know what to do and when to do it. But underlying all of that, including my questions to him, and the obvious question that you would want to ask me is, okay, that's great, but why? For right. what, purpose? what purpose? Why are we right. going on this trip? You know, why do you need to do this cut here before you do that cut? Right. And so the, the purpose is, is the why. It's the big picture. So if you and I are going to go on a trip, we're not going to Maui just to look at flowers or to, you know, sit on the beach. But if we're going to go to Maui, we're going there to experience these wonderful things. We're going there to enhance our relationship. We're going there because there's this greater purpose, because the traveling together will make us richer and it will draw us closer together. And we'll be able to have these kinds of conversations that we can only have when we're removed from our immediate environment. So now you understand why you and I are going to Maui. And so there's the purpose. And so ultimately, my doctor had to sit down and explain the purpose for these surgeries was ultimately to save my life. And if if we can understand that our lives follow a, a plan, but more importantly, that our lives have purpose, I had to go through all of the things that I had to go through not just so that I would have an education or so that I would have these experiences, but the big why is that from an absolute core of love for being alive right now and talking to you, I can share my experiences with you and the world because I love you. And it's my desire to share this information with you to enhance your life. There's my purpose for giving you this information. I can lay out all of the, the, the steps to do this, but the, the why did I do it is because everything that I do flows from a source of love for you, for me, being alive, for just life in general. Mm. And so, again, if we can connect the dots and recognize that what we're experiencing is part of a plan, that's great. But if then we can take the next leap of faith to believe that all of that has a purpose and that my life, that your life, that all of our listeners' lives, including the thing that you're worried about, has a purpose. We don't know. If you're worried because you don't have the money to pay rent next month, well, you know, let, let's do what we can to come up with the rent. See, let's, the, the- also trust, let's also trust that this experience has a purpose in our lives, and we're going through it for a meaningful reason that, you know, I I don't want to live in a a world where everything is meaningless and random, you know, it it just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, once you define purpose, and that's what I love about your concept, it really fuels you to be able to keep on going despite the plan. There was a group of rescue workers rescuing people in Katrina. Their purpose was to save those people. When they asked them what the plan is, they said our plan was to keep changing the plan to 
fulfill our purpose. So right. you, what, you know, that was your surgeon's piece. He had to change the plan, but the purpose to save you was what kept yeah. him going. And the purpose to live and, and love and give what you give now was the reason and, you were count, you know, taking breaths without medication in that yeah, room. And that's, yeah. you know, I had to tap into that purpose to go through the difficult recovery yes. yeah. process because you know, I, I can say, okay, well, I need to do this, this, and this in order to recover. But if I don't have a why do I need to recover in the first place, my goodness, I've got two young boys. I'm, I'm, I'm a single dad with full custody of these two boys. So they are 100% dependent on me to provide for them. Mm-hmm. There's my purpose. You know, if, if I didn't have a why do I need to recover, I'd say, you know what, just doc, do whatever you need to do. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Right. And that, for me, that's no way to live. Well, it's certainly not the way you live because we're just about out of time. Bruce, let me ask you, um, what type of take-home message do you want to share with our listeners? What do you want them to hold in their thoughts um, based on what you've shared for us today? Well, I want you to know that you have, you, you, whatever it is you're worried about, again, that, that's a scarcity mindset. You have everything you need. And that's really important. And there's a big difference between having everything that you need and having everything that you want. But when you know that you have absolutely everything that you need, then everything else, and, and where I go with that is just the fact that I am breathing. You know, they're, they're, you know, as a psychologist, you're, you're probably well-trained on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and there's probably some application to that, but I think it's basically hogwash. All you really need is to be able to breathe in air into your lungs to oxygenate blood and enough of a beating heart to circulate that blood throughout your body and enough of a functioning cerebral cortex to make all of that happen. That's all you need. So if you can hear our conversation, everybody who's hearing this conversation has that. Everything else that you have, including a sense of smell, a taste, touch, that's all bonus. There's something to be thankful for. And so even the pain that you are experiencing isn't necessarily punishment that's something to be thankful for in some ways because there are people who exist on this planet who have no sense of touch whatsoever and they're constantly getting injured because they didn't feel the fire they just stuck their hand into. Mm. But when, when you have this idea that you have everything that you need and you're going to be okay, your survival rate for getting through difficult days up to this point, Suzanne, is 100%. Yep. Right. Why should today be any different? You've survived 100% of the tragedies that you didn't think you were going to survive to bring you to this point. Right. Today won't be any different. Take yes. one step. Yeah, go ahead. Take, take one step in faith and trust that you are a beautiful, awesome, capable human being. It's a precious message to us. Um, I want to thank you so much, Bruce Van Horn, for coming and talking about worrying no more and inviting people to start living. I want to thank Thank our listeners. Thank you. I want to thank our listeners. You can hear this and any prior show as a podcast. This will be a podcast by this evening on my website, on the app podcast app of your iPhone, on iTunes, under Psych Up Live, on Sketcher, many, many 
of the podcast sites. Next week is a preface to Mother's Day. We're going to bring back one of our shows as an encore, and it's the transgender journey when our son became a daughter with the mom, Jane Baker, and Dr. Coretto. Remember to drop me a comment or a question at RadioHostPhillips.com. Until next week, please take care of yourself. Thanks, and be listening. Thank you for tuning in to Psych Up Live. Please join Dr. Suzanne Phillips for another edition of our programming next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk more next week.